This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Well, back in 2009, James Milne recorded and performed as Lawrence Arabia, uh, releasing his second album, Chart Darling. Uh, there was significant success for that album, then APRA Silver Scroll for the song Apple Pie Bed, and the inaugural Tate Music Prize for the album itself in 2010. Here in Aotearoa, Dunedin, we look forward very much to Lawrence Arabia performing at Dive on Sunday, January the 16th, bringing Chant Darling back on the circuit and bringing Lawrence Arabia back to our city as well. Um, James, kia ora, good to have you with us. Kia ora, it's nice to be here. Well, it's really nice to be talking about a tour, and I know I don't want to jinx anything, um, but um, <laughs> fingers crossed for the 16th of January. We've been waiting a little while to see you again, and no doubt it's been a little bit frustrating for you as well. Yeah, I'm very yeah, I'm very grateful to have had Banished Music promoting the tour rather than I used to do them myself, and I think I would have had a bit of a breakdown trying to juggle all of the possible new dates every time that the... The, the COVID situation's changed and I've, we've had to rebook the tour. So, yeah, it's, it's been... Um, I know that they've had to do a lot of work and I've been very grateful to not have to do it in this circumstance. But, yeah, it's been pretty frustrating, I'd say. We might talk a little bit more about um, the funny old year in a moment, but let's talk about um, the reason you're celebrating and... Um, well, it is an opportunity to hear this wonderful album again for those punters who love it so much. It's an interesting choice, and you're not the only artist to be doing it at the moment, um, releasing uh, a favourite album on vinyl and taking it around for people to listen to again. What was the uh, impetus, um, what was the moment that uh, for you decided that this was a good idea? Uh, I mean, there was, you know, the, well, it, on the press release, it was something about the 12th, 12th and a half anniversary but obviously that wasn't really the impetus it was just um finally getting around to pressing it on vinyl after you know numerous years of 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 being cajoled by fans to get it pressed onto a record um it sort of collided with holiday records starting up which made the whole process a lot easier than dealing with the vinyl broker in germany and you know, spending thousands of dollars getting stuff shipped across the world. So that just all made that easier, and, and that's kind of what catalyzed the whole getting the album pressed on vinyl thing. Um, and, yeah, that was just the... Uh, my, we hadn't toured for a while, and we were excited to all tour again, and, and it, just, it all just came together, and it happens to be at the same time as a bunch of other people seem to be doing exactly the same thing, which is an odd kind of coincidence. It must be similar for similar reasons, I guess. But, yeah. um, it's interesting that you know Dimmer and Garage Land and Tiny Ruins and probably a bunch of people I'm not thinking of have all ended up doing the same thing around the same time. When you put your uh, yourself back in that time, the release of the album, or even before that, when you were writing the material, um, do you recognise that that artist now? Yeah, I mean, I I'm a little bit in awe of that artist. Um, sort of drive and uh, I guess creative fertility. I'm not as productive as, as I was, you know, sort of 13 years ago, 13 or 14 years ago when I started making that record um, for a bunch of reasons, possible, possibly age, but probably more just family and, and, you know, my life being a bit different now. So it was a... Um, 
yeah, it's interesting to look back on on how ambitious I was as a you know as someone in my mid twenties, I guess, which is the sort of period when you got full of still full of big dreams. Um, yeah, but yeah, I still um you know I still artistically I still am pretty proud of the work and and and, and I'll you know I'll always think of this this body of songs as, as probably will be always somehow the kind of core of any set that I play somehow just because it's a really strong body of work. You know, it's a really interesting thing for you to be so open about because it would be easy to continue to say, hey, my best work is still ahead of me. I mean, that might well still be possible for for any artist, but you're quite happy to look back and go, hey, that was was a bloody good album. Yeah, I, I am, and I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not ruling out my best work being ahead of me, but there's something about a moment in time, um, you know, of, of, of doing a, a body of work when you're young, um, and have got that energy and ambition, and it, I feel like there'll always be an immediacy and an intensity to that that will, that I will probably never have. I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to do, not going to do better work than that in the future and, and that I haven't already done better work than that. I mean, there's other stuff I've done I'm, I'm, I'm equally, if not more, proud of. But, but yeah, there's something about, you know, at that moment in time that you, you, you've got to respect. And it's, it's the same for any any artist, um, you know, much bigger and greater artists that still have that thing where they have a moment where their, their energy and ambition and artistic talent all kind of coalesce at the same time. Um, yeah. The last couple of years, James, they've been, um, well, we've talked with so many New Zealand artists and creatives around this topic uh, in recent months. Um, they a- appear to have meant different things to different artists. Some have s- slapped their hands together on, great, I've, this is an opportunity for me to, to bury myself in writing. Uh, and to to come up with something I'm really proud of, and to take this opportunity uh, away from the pressure of of needing to be out on the road to do to do that work. Um, others have found it incredibly difficult, and of course, like everybody else, trying to work from home. Uh, we we like to have this romantic picture of the artist in his lonely garret getting um, stuck into the work, but but you're an active parent, and it can't have been easy to necessarily find the focus during this period. No, I, I, my, um, my experience of the, you know, ongoing lockdowns was not one of someone hunkering down and doing a lot of writing. It was someone, um, just doing a lot of parenting, um, really. And I, I've, I've written very few songs during the last two years. Um, certainly not Lawrence Arabery songs. I've been tinkering around with music and making some different types of music. And I've been trying to write a book as well, which has become my kind of main creative drive. But yeah, I think it's circumstantial in terms of uh, the way lockdown has ruled my life. Um, it's it's not it's not it's, it's not led to me, you know, sort of locking away writing three three lockdown albums or anything like that. I haven't felt I haven't felt like doing that. Tell us more about the book. Uh, I'm writing a. A collection of essays about the volcanoes of Auckland. Uh, kind of uh, hard to describe. Kind of a sort of psychogeography is the word that comes to mind. But yeah, just a sort of uh, 
bunch of thoughts about the way the volcanoes influence influence the development of Auckland and and the way they influence uh, Auckland today. Um, Fascinating, and that that's a James Mill work that has no crossover with Lawrence Arabia. Not that I have. Yeah, it's a James Mill book. Um, it won't be written by Lawrence Arabia, um, and I don't. It hasn't got any musical elements <laughs> that I know of yet. Well, yet you say yet, but I can. I'm starting to get excited about the prospect of that. <laughs> yeah, well, you never know. And uh, I mean, I, the, the thing about writing a book was that I was, you know, getting a little bit. Um, uh, just, just not so excited about the idea of writing songs, um, um, and I, I kind of enjoyed this. You know, I went to university and I enjoyed um, going into the library and reading, but I was a bit of a slacker at the time, and I ended up just jamming with my band and uh, DJing at the student radio station. But um, I missed that in songwriting. I missed research and all of that, and 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 just reading excessively about all sorts of topics. So I've really enjoyed exercising that part of my brain again, and I, I really love that it's totally different from songwriting. Well, here you are about to hit the road. That's uh, another experience uh, altogether again. Tell us uh, about the band you will be bringing on the road. Um, so yeah, the band is um, the core of the band is the same band that I've been playing with for about 10 years now it's uh, Alistair Deverick uh, Hayden Eastman Line uh, and Tom Watson and then Heather Mansfield who um, I used to play with in the Brunettes and came along on the last tour she she joined the band playing keyboards and probably some clarinet and doing some singing and percussion and stuff and the intention is what to present Chant Darling as it's will appear on vinyl or you're mixing it up a bit with other material um definitely playing other songs but we'll play the album in full it seems it would seem a inappropriate to not to not do that so yeah we'll, we'll play the record from start to finish and, and then either i can't i haven't worked out whether it's gonna i think we'll just start with chant darling and then play a bunch of other stuff afterwards are you in a position to look much beyond this tour um i, I know that it, we're seeing more um, festivals and performances and tours at least being penciled in, but uh, anybody must have a deep sense of trepidation about making that kind of commitment. And if if that is the case, you know, how does twenty twenty two look for you? Do you think? I mean, I I think maybe yeah, a little bit of me wanting to concentrate on the writing the book is that the aspects of the music industry are just so, you know out of my control that I, you know, I'm not planning anything. Um, I just would, would love to get through this tour and have done it after having planned it for quite some time. Um, so yeah, I'm not, yeah, for me, 2022 is an unknown. It's just a general desire to be creative, but, 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 but no, you know, no grand plans afoot other than trying to, you know, just get this one out of the way and see what happens. So in that regard, uh, are you and have you been able to stay in touch with those who follow your music, your fans, for want of a better way of describing them? Um, you know, what is that relationship like at times like this? I mean, the I guess the cool thing about, I mean, I haven't done this very much, but the cool thing about, especially when that first lockdown happened, was it was this huge flourish of of live streaming, which... which um, 
uh, I became interested in, and we did this going live with Chabs and Milky thing that that um, kind of stated my desire for that. But it was for other artists, not. It was quite eye-opening that you could just do that, and um, you know, it's, the technology has been there for years. But it was funny how it took that to finally realise that you don't actually necessarily have to plan a a European tour to um, go and play to people. And I think um, that's been a, a cool awareness of, of of being able to keep in touch with people. And I feel like there's been a general sense that, for better or for worse, people have been keeping in touch a lot more on the internet over the last two years and so it, I mean obviously there's been some negative sides to that but um, you know it's it's on some level it's good to know that that is an option. Those so, shows yeah. um, James also enabled you to witness some pretty amazing performances along the way a nice uh, opportunity to just step back and just be a punter yourself in many regards. Yeah I, I love I love that and um, yeah it was just I uh, yeah I don't didn't have the drive to, to play myself but it was so nice uh, you know that was a, it was I was editing live editing those shows um, and that was that was a that was a neat thing to um, to, to witness there was some amazing performances that we that we got to capture on on, on that tour and, and the season that we had the previous year I'm talking with James Milne uh, Lawrence Arabia coming to Dunedin to play dive on January the 16th aren't we all looking forward to that? And celebrating Chant Darling, uh, the album that had such success and continues to reverberate. Um, and it's partly also the acknowledgement that it's released on vinyl. Uh, so I will ask the question. You've obviously sat down and, and listened to this work on vinyl and you've heard it in many other formats. Um, it's not always easy to continue to listen to your work, but when you listen to it on vinyl, what are you feeling? I mean, you know, the music I... The music I love, or you know, was on vinyl, and so I, I think. I mean, the weird thing is, it was a very much a, it was a very much a kind of uh, when I released it, it was. I guess the vinyl thing was starting to happen a little bit, but it was still a very much a CD record. And when it came to track listing, uh, this it was interesting. I think that maybe I'd track listed it as a CD without thinking about the about the side A and side B thing. So the side A, side B thing on this record is is um like possibly in the wrong in possibly in the wrong position in terms of the track listing but it had to be there in terms of the length of the the the, the length of the sides um but yeah i mean i think it, it it there's something about the um you know the medium it creates a different context for listening to the record and it's i don't know i mean i didn't i, I listened to the um the test pressing and it sounded Cool. I mean, I didn't. I it's, I haven't. I didn't have it a big uh, sort of existential moment with my old record, considering it too deeply. Even though it would probably be better for the interview if I had had that. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm sure uh, those who come along to dive on January the 16th will be hoping that the table will be groaning with with uh, copies of the album for them to be able to take away as, as souvenirs, or if they're completists, fair, fair heaving. Lawrence Arabia playing Dive here in Dunedin, January the 16th. You can get your tickets from Banish to Music. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.